Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, the show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees if you go through us at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanson. Hello. And so is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. If you would like to support us, have a look at TSB Plus. Loads of perks in that. Our subscriber package, you get ad-free podcasts, priority access to the match ball after a game, digital sub for the magazine, Daily email version of Propaganda as well, where we round up all the essential League United news. Loads of stuff. The squareball.net forward slash plus for that. Dan James had a baby. Should we talk about Dan James and his chopper? We can do it. It works, doesn't it? The old, his chopper. Mm. That's good to know. Uh, yeah, what a busy day for the lad. Didn't, did, know, yeah. didn't know it when we were playing, did we? Um, we just thought, I thought he did played fairly well, actually, did Dan James. Yeah, um, given it- what had occurred during the day, he did very well. Yeah, we mentioned him in passing on the uh, on the Fulham match ball, but we can probably talk about his uh, his exciting day here in a little bit more depth. Because, I mean, having a baby in a day, as anybody who's either had one or witnessed one being born, fairly big event. It's not, oh, well, that's it. Baby's popped out, two o'clock, three o'clock, I'll just jump on a helicopter and go kick a ball around with my mates. Doesn't happen, does it? It's the anti-climax, isn't it? Like, oh, right, baby's here. What does it do? I'm out for a few years, really, just just this. Oh, okay, I might as well go play football. I mean. Don't really have. They don't have many modes, do they? It's not like we had a a transformer. You could turn them into like a car. <laughs> sticks in humanoid form. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can remember the birth of uh, of mine, and you know, fairly traumatic, both of them for different reasons. But I wouldn't have been fit to play football afterwards. So all credit to him. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like he did the hard work with the yeah, baby. Yeah, I was going to say Rhea yeah. is uh, is the the name of. Mrs. James, she probably deserves some credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess she's she's done the hardest bit. But yeah, same as Dan, I can't imagine having to do anything after that because it was well, traumatic. You, you, well, yeah, you're <laughs> and, abs- and, that, and again, I'm aware. The the YouTube um, analytics do suggest there are only about three women watch this, but apologies to you. I'm aware it's, it is worse for women than for men. Very much so. But it, nonetheless, as you know, as a, as a bloke who's been through it, it's just, you're awash with adrenaline, aren't you? You can't calm down. You're like... Uh, stuff's just happened and then, then like you say suddenly afterwards there's this, this sense of calm and you don't know what to do with yourself but it takes you about two days to come down off that adrenaline high and he got in a helicopter which, which is, is also thrilling which is hugely exciting as if, well if you put me in a helicopter I'd be very excited exactly. so I, I don't know if I'd it'd be like you know when you, when you give a child too many sweets and fizzy pop and then they go on the fairground ride and they're sick afterwards and they've had too much that's what it'd be like for me I bet when he got home as well he was like what are we doing next because <laughs> that's what kids are like when they've had too much stuff to do yeah. you've been like you know theme park, swimming, out for a run, out for a bike ride. And they're like, what are we doing now then? You're like, no, it's, it's, just, bed, it's just bedtime now. Yeah, the, is, the fun day's over. Sit down, you've had, sit, sit down time. You've had loads of good stuff. You've done loads of nice things, haven't you? So we're just going just gonna to sit sit calmly for a bit now. Did he get a chopper home? Uh, I don't know. I didn't ask him. Well, this is, that's the one maybe slight 
the criticism I would make of uh, Daniel James over this is that the child has been born in Manchester. So I feel oh, like... I mean, some, take, take it all back. Yeah, there's some poor planning there and also it's tainted. That's going <laughs> to... It. Are you talking about the child or the birth or? The whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's going to follow it around for life, that isn't it? Like when, if it follows in Daniel James's footsteps as a, a footballer, the Wikipedia page will always say, born Manchester. Yeah, but... It might have an accent as but well. David Haig. Bo- we born, David Haig, uh, born in Salford, but died in the wool Leeds United fan. We'd want it to uh, grow up with a, a distinctive Welsh accent like its father. <laughs> were, you, were you born over in Manchester, Moscow, or did no. you just, just live that side for the Royal? Wolfdale General Hospital, thank you very much. Oh, fair um, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Sped, they were so anxious to, uh, to make me a, a fully grown... Leodensian, I was in the LGI within hours, so there was um, no doubt about my credentials. I just had a, a little trip away. Don't don't compare me to this little scum baby that's been brought into the world without any uh, without any foresight. I was born in Jewsbury, so the uh, the old Karen Matthews General or whatever it, it is called there. It's not, it's not a great start. It's on my passport as well. You got to. Liz with you does that. And as oh, well, well, just to complete the set, uh, as Springsteen sang, I was born in the BRI, so uh, that's, that's me. Good hospital, though. Shame, yeah. shame about the town. Uh, I did actually get to the go to this to such an extent that I looked at which helipad he was likely to have landed on in London, and there is the London heliport is just a few that's hundred. The, that, that's the one I'd have guessed. Yeah, it's the it's just a few hundred yards down the river, other side of the river. So you've got to get across. I think it's the bridge there. Do you know the bridge? The uh, London Bridge, the one in London. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then pop across to, to Craven Cottage, but there is, yeah, there is a heliport close by. You know, they were almost called, they used to be named, and there was ideas for having many more of them, Rotaports. I think that's a cooler name than heliport. And if you know um, Hyde Park Corner in Leeds, if you look at old maps from um, post-war, immediately post-war, when town planning became a thing and they were deciding what to put, that was um, proposed to be a Rotaport, the really? bit behind uh, where the Crescent is and it's kind of over the road from the skate park where it's a bit rough. The university uses it as a car park. It was going to be a road support. That's very and exciting. I have seen a helicopter land there. It was great. Daniel James did not get out of it, though. Was it the air ambulance? From memory, no. Because that's never a great thing, I don't think. Well, they were practising. I have seen the air ambulance uh, land on what used to be the Royal Park School um, when there was, um, there'd been, somebody had been in a fight and... One hell of a fight if the... Uh... The old air ambulance is getting involved. Yes, it was. And then they had the next problem was that they had landed, so it's where the school had been demolished. They then had to get bolt cutters because it's it had landed in like the wrong side of some locked gates. Right. So lots of helicopter stories, not really many Dan James stories. But um, who's looking after the dog? That's the other question because readers of the Squareball blog will know that my main preoccupation with Daniel James is that he has a puppy called Hugo, which... Uh, what breed? Um, cute. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little dog with floppy ears. That's, I don't that's know. what the Kennel Club uh, officially designated. Yeah. it's uh, It could be a kind of a, a Labrador thing. Um, <laughs> You've written an article about this. You don't seem to know the first thing well, about this dog. Dog breeds, but I know, I know that it's cute, and he kept playing with its ears because it's got floppy ears, so it was good. But that video was the main thing... I found before we were signing him in the first place, uh, Dan James, he's presented with, I mean, career highlights is that Rhea to her credit, not only has um, she had this baby, 
and I'm sure it wasn't her decision to have it in Manchester, but a couple of years ago, Dan James apparently was whining on at her about wanting a dog, so she surprised him on his uh, 18th birthday, I think, with a um, a puppy, and he bursts, he cries. It's very touching. But all that had to be put to one side while he played at Old Trafford, and then now we can enjoy it again. Oh, well, he played at, uh, at Craven Cottage last night, and I thought he was good, actually. I mean, this is football talk, probably not suitable for this podcast, but he was lively. He did well, didn't he, running off those adrenaline fumes? Yeah, I thought I thought he was perfectly good. One of my mates said he was crap. I disagreed. Oh, I did, there, there were just some really nice quality touches, some nice moments, and like we said before, like him and Furpo down the left. It's new, isn't it? It's all shiny and new, so they got yeah. a bed in. And then it was different in the middle because you got Tyler Robertson instead of Bamford, and then the other side is Somerville, so... And who's in the middle? It was uh, Click was bringing some normalcy, but then it's Jamie Shackleton instead of Calvin Phillips. So the whole thing was kind Bit of Rodrigo now and again. It was all very different from start to finish, but um, yeah, it was good. And DJ scored his penalty. Can you remember what he did? What did he do? Scored. And then he ran away with his thumb in his mouth. Does that signify a baby? Yeah, which I thought was just because um, they've been making a meal out of this pregnancy, haven't they, with uh, <laughs> when he was signing. He, do, you know, um, do you know what, Moscow? They always do. <laughs> <laughs> they um, they had the little kits, didn't they, for um, for the baby as yet unborn when he was. Um, and I I thought it was maybe just a reference to an ongoing pregnancy, but we didn't realise that uh, labour had been had and successfully so. So yeah, the the penalty doesn't matter compared to straight down the middle. Little. Straight down the middle, by the way. The, the, we've got it on the notes here. Did you make Is this, this notes? the birth? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's how, how it normally works. Yeah. Uh, did you make these penalty notes? I did make the penalty notes, yeah. It looked like yeah, he sent the keeper the wrong way, I think, but I'm pretty sure, without seeing a, a different angle of it, it looked like he more or less put it down the middle. I mean, you've, uh, under Furpo, you put, what a pen, best of the night, thought he'd miss. Couple <laughs> further down from that, Gelhart, you've put in capital letters, hard kicking. Yep. Accurate, isn't it? Yep, I can't fault it. Yeah, actually, did you speak to them in the wake of the, uh, no, in the wake in the run-up to this, telling them, look, lads, if this goes to penalties, this is what you need to do. I've, I'd already taken credit for Joe Gellhart earlier this week with his Liverpool goals, which we will, we will come on to. Did you take credit for his penalty yep. in the Liverpool game? It, it, everyone knows now. I don't, need to, I don't need to mention it time and time again. People see it and they know it. You're getting sick of saying it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fair enough. January window's knackered now, isn't it? isn't it? Sorry to go from such a high of childbirth that Moscow's already written off, but um, yeah, Lewis O'Brien is signed... Not written off. I've just said it's off to a, a bad start. <laughs> That's all. Things things may improve. Hello, little James. You've been tainted by at birth. They can't call. Of... They can't call it James. 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 No. I don't because I don't know what we're looking. Ja- we're looking for Daniel to be an imaginative, creative winger. Is that what you're going to call your baby? Oh, James. James. Could call it Hammers. Hammers. James. Yeah. <laughs> be a good way. I mean, there is obviously Neville Neville as well as the yeah. the, the benchmark for this. It is possible. Oh well. I mean, are there any other scum players, fathers, that you want this to be named after? What's Paul Pogba's dad called? Oh, it just out of curiosity. Keith, Keith Pogba. Did you see the highlights reel? Did you highlight see the highlights reel for Beckham Brooklyn that Sky Sports tweeted out? And it was a little bit tongue in cheek. So it was like David Beckham's son finally makes football debut for I think it's like Fort Lauderdale or something he's playing for. And there was uh, three components to it. The first one was him crossing a ball quite well into the middle. The second one was him passing it straight to their player, and the third one was him being taken off. <laughs> Was it him who had the really terrible photography book? Or was that one of the other Beckhams? That was a Beckham child, yeah. I don't know if it was the same one. I've lost track of where they're at with the children. The famous picture was just a really shit picture of an elephant where you couldn't actually even tell it was an elephant. It it said something like, really beautiful but very hard to take pictures of, was the caption. And you're like, 
It's not really good enough for a photography yeah. book. Like millionaires, stop indulging your children. David Bailey used to say that. Everything didn't. Know it. I've no. not really captured it. Yeah, uh, but it is hard. Let's I've got be, this book let, to me. Let's be honest. Be fair to me. It's not easy to take a picture of an elephant. So <laughs> it's not my fault, really, if you can't tell that it's an elephant. No, anyway, returning to Lewis O'Brien, signed a new deal at Huddersfield. So we we've already s- talked about dogs, haven't we? Yeah, can't sign him in. Uh, can't sign him in January now. What are we going to well, do? We could. We just have to pay more. No, we're not going to do that, are we? No. I mean, we might. It might be that it's one of those things where he's signed a new deal, but with a release clause for fifteen million pounds or whatever, and there everyone knows where they where they stand on it now. To a Heidi Sacco seventy million pound release clause that popped up around um, in a FIFA list, wasn't it? That we were actually on the hook to pay something like one hundred and seventy million pounds if Heidi Sacco would if he fulfilled all the clauses, fulfilled every yeah. clause, <laughs> which was. Uh, Incredible optimism. I don't know if it was like score a hat trick of overhead kicks in the Champions League final, and that's like okay, all right. There's another hundred quid after has to go to sport. Imagine having to account for that in the accounts as well. Contingencies uh, in future, 170 million pounds of future liabilities on one player. Was, Mind you, we could have been creative with the accounting, couldn't we? And uh, maybe uh, shown it in a different way that nobody else uses. Which leads me neatly into etc. Yes, Derby and what's happened there. If Heidi Sacco is successful enough, he gets to own a football stadium. In uh, Derbyshire. We should say from the outset, like we obviously experienced the insolvency in 2007 and it's shit eh, when people are owed money, particularly like small local businesses. And also there's a lot of people at Derby County who are going to lose their jobs now as a result of this. So this, let's get the serious stuff out of the way because people will no doubt come on, uh, come on and pop onto the comments and go about taking the piss out of what's happened to Derby. The reason they're in the mess is because of the bad leadership of the football club. It's not our fault. And okay, we're going to indulge in a bit of petty rivalry. That's what football is about. Well, it's not only petty rivalry and it's not only laughing at them. It's genuine anger with Mel Morris and what he's done at that football club, which has left all those local businesses out of pocket. And it's um, he is the the cause, the instigator, the reason. The architect. The architect. The, he is everything that has brought this about. And so while um, the cult of personality that grew amongst Derby fans around him having the EFL on strings and, he, you know, he's pulling the wool over over everybody's eyes. That was all about fleecing people as well. I mean, and then for it to blow up spectacularly is funny for it to blow up on them. But then, yeah, it's genuinely, um, you can't really find much sympathy for people who were so tied to what he was doing. The sympathy is for the people who've been screwed over. The sympathy is for Wickham. You know, Wickham didn't get to stay in the championship and had to go down and they say that cost them immediately 10 million and then another 10 million in residual losses and then you can also think about the businesses in Wickham that miss out on a season of championship football and having bigger crowds from bigger clubs coming to visit the pubs and bars and cafes and hotels around Wickham who had the chance to make some money and were denied it because Mel Morris is fucking around um, with everybody. He's got everybody on strings. And yeah, what happens when you put everybody on strings when they all snap? People end up broken and um, but then not him because he's still a millionaire. And the thing is with the way he's done it as well, the rules that he has been desperately dodging for many, many years, they are in place to try and stop to try and stop this this very thing happening that a club is able to rack up an amount of debt which they cannot recover from. Because there is a fair chance here that Unlike with with our debts and with other clubs, you've seen them going they're going to admin and there's there's kind of expense in the pound gets paid out and like Derby's debts are so spectacularly huge that 
someone who's going to have to probably set fire to like 50 million quid just to, to, to break just, even just yeah. to be willing to do it which truthfully like why would you you, just, well, you wouldn't would you they, they are probably better off starting again as in fairness i kind of wish we had around Bates. i wish we'd have, uh, on, on reflection i wish we'd have given Bates. Bates had walked away with zero and left us alone and we could have worked our way back up from the Conference North or whatever it would because it would have been fun apart from anything else. And Gulf Finance House then wouldn't have made all the money they made out of owning us. We'd never have known who David Haig was. David Haig doesn't know who David Haig is. No. So all those things would have been avoided. So there was um, there was definitely a uh, benefit to it. It is it's, it's sad, isn't it? From a yeah. personal point of view. It's just no, the, I, people, the people in it. I mean, I do. I mean, I don't do. know. If I'm yeah, of course. Suffer, you, you feel sad for the people who are losing jobs and local businesses who are losing money. But at the at the heart of it all is just rank stupidity and bad management mixed with hubris and attitude and ego. If you remember, you know, Mel Morris has been talking this weekend about how that playoff final after they beat us, everything was riding on that game. And if they won that, and the phrase he was using was they would have got away with it because they don't chase the financial punishments into the Premier League. So the idea was you take the piss out of the rules in the championship get promoted, and then they can't touch you. It's like Villa. Well, whoever whoever lost that final was on a crash course for this outcome. Exactly. By, by the looks of it. And the reason why you can't just kind of only express the sympathy for people who have ended up shortchanged through no fault of their own, but you have to have the hilarity and the anger about the other side of it, is because that's not a good way to be running a football competition and not a good way for the teams within it to be competed. Leeds took a gamble with Bielsa, and we know that, but then the other side of that was that we didn't take a gamble on the playing staff and budgeted that we would have to sell one player every year, and we did sell a player every year to make to, to pay for what was coming in. So although Bielsa was a big, expensive risk, that was managed in a way that the club wasn't going to be threatened, and we'd, we never distorted our wages to the extent where Reading are now negotiating their points deduction for reaching 194% wages to turnover ratio. And when you look through the way that Derby have approached trying to get out of the championship, where it was Frank Lampard, Ashley Cole, Philip Koku even, Wayne Rooney, none of these things have come, I don't even things, but none of these things came cheap and they just piled money on money on money on money, none of which they had to end up in this position. And, and none of which they could recoup either because you spend a load of money getting Wayne Rooney to sign for you. You know that he, when he leaves, he just leaves. Like mm. there's, there, is nothing, there is nothing left of that, is there? Whereas you know, when you sign younger players or just better players. And the other thing about that, isn't there? people will say, well, well, why do you care? You're in the Premier League. It's Derby that are at the bottom of the Championship. But the point is this covers a period where we were in the Championship and trying to get out of it. And it covers the period where we lost to them in the playoff semi-final. And they essentially lost that playoff semi-final with a team that was that has been proved they couldn't afford. Yeah, and that's, would... so that's why we care because it's it's about punishing the indiscretions at the time. And okay, we since went on to bigger and better things, and we're fine now. But it rankles with football fans who were saying all this at the time about what they were doing, and given all the fuss about the Spygate stuff as well at the time, where it was like, well, that's that's cheating. It's like, well, what do you actually gain from someone? stood on a footpath watching a bit of training versus what you gain from spending millions and millions of pounds you don't have. But one, it seemed at the time, one was punished quite severely and one was fine. They just went with the AFL. Admittedly, I think they were chasing them for a very long time trying to get this sorted. But 
in the season we played Derby, they did get away with it. And they got away with it for seasons before that and seasons after it. And it's unfair to everyone else in that division. They are really hamstrung as well by, if it's right, that the uh, Revenue and Customs, HMRC, control their CVA because they own the majority of the debt there. They're owed the majority of the money. We saw what happened with ours in 2007, that HMRC will, as a policy default, they will say, we reject any CVA. And we know that that comes with a price of minus 15 points. So they could end up having 21 points deducted this season. If they don't pay their wages in the next week, another three points, 15 points next season if they don't get a CVA. It's it's an absolute mess. And there's the, um, there's not just the financial side, but the culture of the club within it as well, where the whole drink driving, um, Richard Keogh incident did not speak of a club that was being well run and... Um, all they There's seem, no control. No control. Um, all they seem to have as an idea of getting out of the championship was spending as much money as possible in the stupidest way, and they haven't paid attention to the things they would need to be able to fall back on, which, you know, if Leeds did not go up that season because we got beaten by these cheats in the semifinal, the playoff semifinal. And then what we did was regroup with the same manager and the same group of players stick with a really positive culture. Who did we sell that summer? We sold somebody, Janssen. didn't Janssen we? went out, didn't he? Yeah. Jack Clark went as well, didn't he? He was the other, he was a kind of an unexpected big fee, I guess. A youth product that we'd generated through sensible investment in an academy that has continued to prop the club up through good times and then um, supplies with players for the good. And then we got promoted. So it, it worked really well. And what did um, Derby do? Just completely implode because they had nothing left other than oh there was no there's no plan was there? Frank Lampard's gone so we're just gonna have to get Wayne Rooney instead continually and then, well, re-employ Steve McLaren to do something well they, they, the they were supposed plan. to owe Koku reportedly five million pounds so let's not forget about him so there's five million pounds to him and his staff it's absolutely insane the whole thing while we're talking about people who are on our shit list let's just have a little nod in the direction of, uh, of Harry Kewell shall we who got sacked from Barnet seven games in charge no wins in seven games Paul Butler, his right hand, uh, not that one, that one, different one. It's not, um, not the one that played for us. But if you remember, we were all confused about this when Paul Butler pitched up to help Thomas Christensen out. It's him; he's a coach. So slightly yet less amusing. Although I would have loved to work out how Harold Guell and Paul Butler would have got together. But um, he's had Wesley Boyle has been assisting him in some jobs. I don't it think was, was older, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, I don't think he made it to this one, which is a. A definitely um, a strange youth team kind of throwback to the mid nineties. Like, oh, what? Trying to job? Yeah. <laughs> Wonder where Wes is at was, these days. I was a good player. I need someone who played at a lower level to understand this. Why? Uh, why is it always the good guys that this happens to? That's the question. <laughs> do you know what? Weirdly, this probably isn't going to go down very well, but I do. It does claw back a little bit of respect for Harry Kuehl, the fact he keeps trying to be a manager because he must be really rich because he took that Galatasaray money that he shouldn't have done. And he was well paid by us and he took the Liverpool money that he shouldn't have done. And yeah, he seems happy to go. Like His list of clubs now, Crawley, Notts County, Oldham and Barnet, and they've all sacked him. And he's never and done he's anything terrible. He's still trying to make this thing work. And you, part of me thinks, well, I kind of, really, I, I, I can't help but respect it a little bit because it would have been very easy to not bother. Like Frank Lampard now, I, Sorry, I just mentioned I just, he probably just, won't bother. Just realised, just looked him up on Wikipedia. Today's his birthday. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Even uh, better. But isn't that just driven by ego? 
How like much? You, e- how much ego do you get though? Being have a you seen him? Manager? Have you ever? Well, yeah, but if you can prove yourself as a proved himself as the greatest player in the world ever in his own mind, but then to prove himself as a as a manager as well, to you know, he's not just legs, but he's a he's a brain. Who is? Um, so Cherie is presenting. She's on Hits Radio. So look at you, oh. Dan, with Wes. Uh, uh, yeah. Well. Uh, oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Because Wes and Cherie. Oh right, was that? Uh, are they still doing? Is that Wesley Boyle? No, are they? Um, if they're on Drive Time, that's who I lost my job to. Wasn't <laughs> um, oh Cherie do like a weekend show? I think, or they did, but then I, I lost my uh, show. My Drive Time show was networked, and it was Wes who took it. And I don't know if Cherie's on with him or. I what. think it must be the weekend show because yeah. it's three hours, and the last one was the nineteenth of September. Yeah. They played Girl on Fire. Yep. In fact, let's do a quick, um, I'll name the song, you name the artist. Girl on Fire. Alicia Keys. I, I know this because they'll still be playing the same songs I they did when I was there several years ago because uh, they never change. Physical. Uh, that would be uh, Dua Lipa. Mm-hmm. Bad Habits. Uh, Ed Sheeran. Correct. Better Days. Is that a new one, newish one? I don't know. Could be a, 10 minutes long, according to, Oh, no, that's the when they played Dermot happened. Kennedy. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that, Rain on Me. Uh, that's Lady Gaga and um, <laughs> one more. Yeah, who's it featuring? I can't. Uh, it's Gaga and it's a British artist, isn't it? No. No. Uh, I no, I don't think so. I'm struggling with the video cuts here. There's a lot of back and forth. I'm not used to this. <laughs> just keep it focused on him. <laughs> just Can we say Gaga featuring somebody else? Ariana Grande. That's it, yes. Uh, and then The Way I Are. The Way I Are, that is oh, Timberland. Yeah, you're going to get the featuring? Uh, no. I don't know who Kerry Hilson is. Oh, of course. Kerry Hilson, yeah. Um, yeah, so, oh, is <laughs> it an absolute gimme? Waterfalls. Uh, TLC yeah tough one um, yeah so she's doing that all um, weekend while he's off maybe that's it I'm surprised they're not playing any pink because they played pink relentlessly when I was there um, it's, to the point of annoyance I'm not seeing any but I am seeing uh, Shivers in the same show Shivers by I don't know Ed Sheeran oh of course yeah. so a, she, it, Sheeran will get played relentlessly it's a, yeah it's a double Sheeran within two hours so there's a two hour gap between Ed Sheeran songs during which time you can listen to in case anybody's not familiar, Shereen Murphy is uh, Harry Kuehl's wife. wife. Yeah. Also been seen on Loose Women as well. Also been seen on Loose Women. Oh, it's, uh, they get a bit fruity in the last half hour. Return of the Mac. Yeah, Mark Morrison. Yeah. and uh, I knew that one. It's the first one I have. And then they end with Take My Breath by The Wickened. Oh, The Wickened, yeah. The, the Wickened. Yeah, 9am Sunday. That's yeah. when they're on. So I was going to say that maybe that's an explanation is because while she's off with her Wes on the radio, he goes off with his Wes to manage Oldham. But if it's um, Sunday mornings that she's on, then that doesn't help anybody. Maybe that's to get out of the house because he's fucking lost again on Saturday. So, <laughs> yeah, while, while you um, you work out your big plan for how that your team's going to do better, I'm going to go on the radio with our Wes. Time running out on this one then. If you want to get the extra discount with Levi Solicitors, they're doing 15% off all conveyancing instructions received up to the end of September 2021. So about a week to get your uh, your house in order. Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it, Because yeah. conveyancing involves mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. moving house, it's, doesn't or it? Or your flat, yep. or your apartment, your, your barn, any, anything really. You're just listing buildings yep. now, aren't you? Bungalow. You can get a bungalow. A reminder that there's 10% off all other legal services as well. If you just mentioned the square ball, go through our landing page and you'll get all the details there. It's levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Let's have a look at West Ham then coming up this weekend. The most important thing to say is we've got a new issue of the square ball that's out issue two for this season with its lovely lilac cover. 
Everyone's into the lilac at the minute. Joe Gamble on art duties, always excellent for us and in everything else he ever does. We're match fit, but who's actually going to be match fit for Leeds United? That's the question, isn't it? These injuries. Is there a word you could... Recurrent? Uh, Recurrent, yeah. Frequent. If you've uh, you've not watched or listened to last week's show, then uh, please do and you'll understand the reference here. But it's still the same injuries though, isn't it? (laughs) It's not like Robin Cock has been fit and then he's been injured again. It's still one injury. I don't. So. I, I was thinking about this. I don't think it's something to be perpetual. I don't think it needs to be. I don't think it needs to be different injuries. If you've got, you know, if if you were to, it, it's if you, the sen- if it's you the were sense. to sever your spinal column, you are perpetually injured yeah. with it. It doesn't. You can't. Well, I'm not. I'm not perpetually injured. It's just the sense is perpetual. That it's just going on, isn't it? Like, much like this. Uh, this debate is <laughs> perpetual. Uh, do we know if Yorente is going to be back? Uh, we don't need him. We've got um, Cresswell. Would you put Cresswell in against West Ham? Would you? Yeah. If we need to. Yeah. Why? You look fine against Fulham. And as I was saying on the Fulham match ball, not disparaging the performance or the, the role whatsoever, but defending is a reactive job. And so he's just got to do the same things against West Ham that he would do against Fulham or against anybody. Tackle, block, head, pass. So it's pretty, I think it, it's easier to get up to that level as a defender than it is. Um, but then he may come up against Antonio and Antonio will be too difficult to tackle too difficult to head against, but I would, I'd back him. He looks confident, doesn't he? And also, he's know, a physical specimen who could match Antonio. I do know that. Yes. So he, he feels like he's got the, uh, like you're not going to throw McKinstry into the defence against no. West Ham. Well, he's not so. a defender for a start. I mean, there's, so there, is, foolish thing to there do is that, yeah. For lots of reasons, but um, you're not going to do it. Whereas old Cresswell, he can ask his, uh, his dad. And speaking of, I mean, they mentioned it in the, the commentary against Fulham. He is constantly blighted by being born in Preston. Perpetually blighted. Constantly <laughs> blighted by being uh, born in Preston. That's going to always be brought up. Uh, Brett's got a, a strong bus station as Preston, so you know, mm. it's not all bad stuff. Uh, West Ham, in a kind of low-key way, have become very good. What do you think of West Ham? It's been annoying. I know when we first played them last year, we were like, oh yeah, we can beat West Ham. And then they turned up and were like, quite annoyingly decent and scored from set pieces didn't they that the long necked man cheating yeah cheating maybe that's another reason we should have Cresswell in he's quite big isn't he he might Mm. might actually manage to stop Suchek scoring yeah I mean if the alternatives are going to be like Calvin Phillips and Jamie Shackleton at centre half then um, yeah a bit of extra height it looks like as well you know West Ham with the special teams thing where David Moyes is bringing on players situationally getting whoever it was Ross Noble to come on and uh, miss a penalty for them We've got to take that into account that they seem to be playing by gridiron rules instead of soccer. Would you have done that if you were a manager? I mean, Michael, obviously you, you're at the forefront of modern coaching. Would you have put him on or not? No. Why? Because you've not had the experience of the hard kicking or, and, until that moment. Where Is your leg not ready? If you played in a, a game of football to that point, chances are at some point you've already done the hard kick. Right. Whereas your hard kicks can be a little bit off if it's your first, if, if it's your first hard kick of the day. I always get a few hard kicks out of the way, first of all. Mm-hmm. I'd say a game of slam, that gets them players warmed up and then and then off you go. But how many hard kicks might wear your leg out so that when you comes to taking the crucial penalty, it's quite weak? Ah, but 35 be- hard kicks. But Bielsa, no more than 35 hard kicks It's all in part a day. of Bielsa's makeup, and obviously you've been advising him because Bielsa believes in building up and then discharging lactic acid, doesn't he? It's part of his routine. Is wear your legs out a bit, get rid of the lactic acid, and then you can run further. And you just do that by drinking milk. Yeah, I'd have normally thought it was funny that he came on and missed a penalty, but it was against Scum, wasn't it? Which yeah. Was, so that was a bit of a And it shame. was kind of inevitable. I could see the more, the logic with Moyes, because if you had 
he's sort of their equivalent of Matt Letizia, who only ever missed one. So if you've got him there in the sub three, you think, well, he never misses a penalty, so why not? But then all the circumstances of it being scum, well, that's the main thing. It was just <laughs> something about it being scum just made it, no, this is just set up for um, for them to, and then the wall running on to, oh, well done, De Gea, by the way, I'm dropping you for that pest. It's just awful. Mm, and I uh, wonder if uh, there's the whole Lingard angle as well, which added weight to it. Yes, wasn't he forced to celebrate against his will? Like he tried not to celebrate let's, against um, uh, let's, his let's old be, fans. Let's tread carefully around Man United's new signings here. But I mean, we're being distracted onto the the wrong team. It's the um, the Claret and Blues, the the Happy Hammers, and all that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm quite interested to read. I mean, we know that who scored.com are internet charlatans, but it does say on their uh, breakdown of West Ham's style of play that they are non-aggressive, which I think plays to our strengths because we tend not to get involved in the rough stuff. They're all math. Okay. That's what, that's what whoscored.com is saying about them. They're all math. Uh, they're very weak at defending against skillful players, and we know we've got plenty of those, and uh, they're very weak at protecting the lead. So we should let them go in front and then come from behind. Yes. Okay. It also says that they're good at creating scoring chances and finishing scoring chances, which feels like two those two things combined could make life difficult for us. Oh, further evidence for my uh, my proposal. They're very strong at coming back from losing positions. So at no point in this game should we go in front first. That would be bad according to what who scored say. We should go behind and then beat them from that position. Or are we just aiming is a draw the safest thing here? Okay. So it seems like either going ahead or going behind could be difficult. So if we just aim for a nil-nil draw. Fine. Yeah. Shit house them. Get, can you, we get um Sam Allardyce in for just for one game? Would you accept 
a draw in this game or would it leave you too antsy? Do you think we need to get a win? I mean, obviously we need a win under the belt. No two ways about it. But a draw out of this wouldn't be a bad a bad result in isolation, but you can't take them in isolation, can you? I kind of feel like I'd take a draw in this, which I know is a bit a little bit weak of me. But yeah, I think they're, they're quite a decent side. And last year, it just felt a little bit like they had our number. In, in both games, they were, they were very controlled and kept us at arm's length and it, it didn't feel like we ever got going in it. So um, I think a point would actually be quite a good result in a low-key, sort of boring way. I would be calm if we drew this game. I think that would be all right to get that out of it. I'd like us to win because Leeds are my favourite team. Yeah. And <laughs> I have a feeling as well, not to get too scouse about it, but like the way our season has kind of been with the injuries going against us, the refereeing decisions going against us, if you compare the Pascal Stroik red card and all the um, distraction that became with Daniel James not getting a penalty, that was all very unfair. And then you look at Adam Forshaw, obviously he wasn't going to score that penalty and be the hero because that's just not the way our look's going at the moment or the way, not even look, just form. Things aren't going for us lately. Even beating Fulham, you know, we drew nil-nil with Fulham. That wasn't the result we wanted there and there's nothing really wrong with the way we were against Fulham it's just kind of not really happening for us this season so it would not surprise me in this game where we're all kind of like oh West Ham are pretty good we'll take a point we'll beat them 3-0 mm. and that's not even like an ostentatious and I don't think it's I'm not even predicting it just got that feeling that it just it, needs to click doesn't it if, if it clicks for us we're capable of it's doing not, it it's almost then who do we play Watford next something like that yeah we'll lose to them <laughs> so it's got that kind of flavour of like, we'll probably, in this game where we're expecting a tough time and thinking, oh, if we get a point out of that, that'll be all right. We'll beat them 3-0 and it'll be really solid and everyone will be happy and we think we're great and then we'll go and we'll we'll lose to Watford <laughs> next week. It'll be even worse than if we got a, a point and then won the next one. I've just got a winny feeling about it where I think, um, yeah, a bit of a reversal of to how it's been so far this season. Against the odds as well, because it could be, no Bamford, so we got Tyler Roberts up front. So that'll immediately, you know, the two o'clock thing when the team's announced, and we're going to go, oh, fucking hell. And Charlie Creswell will be in defence. He's like, oh, he's never going to cope against West Ham and all this kind of stuff. And and it will turn out to work in a way that it might not in another match. Like mm. if we play the same lineup against Watford, you know, 17 on goals. Mm. And um, I know what you mean. I, this is the reason why I always predict Leeds to sneak something because I think we've always got it in us. It's just about us just getting our stride for it clicking, making it work. If it does click into place in that first 20 minutes, and I think we'll know in the opening 20 if we've got it in us or not. Are you going to declare the game one at 18 minutes again, Moscow? They've quietly built an annoyingly good team, really, haven't they? When you mm. look through Fabianski, Declan Rice is the, the worst version of Calvin Phillips. There's Creswell, that other uh, right back's supposed to be good, isn't he? Kufal. Jared Bowen. Well, there's, there's Bowen and the, the Bo- yeah, the Bowen and Ben Rama access. Yeah, yeah, we'd have had both of those, wouldn't we? If um, things had been different going out of the championship, and then Antonio, a left back turned centre forward, and now he's better than Harry Kane. Change, like, these games last season were um, they were builders like Phillips against Rice, weren't they? And you know who's going to get the the Eng- who deserves the England defensive midfield slot, and now they're like busy mates. Yeah, and- the the biggest challenge is going to be to stop them just kissing <laughs> if they want to. It's fine. No, well, not during the game. Like, there's a football match going on. They can do what they want afterwards. Um, or how, before. How do you fancy this one's going to go, Michael? Let's get the pessimism out of the way first. 1-1. One, one. Okay. Who's scoring? Rodrigo. Moscow, what do you reckon? 3-0 leads. Good. I think we'll just pull out a completely random 
roaring victory against all the odds. I don't think there'll be a problem with uh, Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice canoodling because Phillips won't play, he'll be injured. <laughs> and um, Melier also will be injured before the game. It'll be classing in goal. <laughs> Bamford won't make it. Ailing won't be fit. Dallas, we saw Dallas struggling with fitness against um, Fulham. He won't play. Is Eddie Gray going to have to be in charge if there's that many, uh, Eddie Gray's if there's that many kids in the team? <laughs> Eddie Gray will be playing. Okay. I, do you know what? Why not? I don't care. Uh, Phil Hay told me last week to stop being optimistic because it was ruining everything. What does he know? Nothing is the answer. So I'm going to stick with my optimism and I'm going to say win. I think it's it could be a 1-0, but we maybe sneak a second late on. If, if things go right, if things go right for us. So we'll say two victories, you say a draw. Are we all happy with that? Two, two wins and a draw sounds, yeah, we, we could do those seven points. <laughs> Later this week, we'll be speaking to Phil Hay, recording that one on Thursday. We're going to be talking about the kids that broke through that we saw at Fulham. Joffy, McKinstry, the other ones, <laughs> Creswell. <laughs> We're going to find out more about them. Presumably Phil knows more than we do. Just hype them right up. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. Because the, the extent of my knowledge about Creswell is he's the other Creswell's son and he's a beefcake. So hopefully we'll be able to fill the the hour. <laughs> well, we now know McKinstry is uh, Karen's son, don't we, as well? Because she, she popped up on Twitter to say uh, how proud she was. So we know that much. So let's see if Phil can add anything. Yeah, all that to come on the Phil Hay Show later on this week. And the Athletic course, it's home to the best collection of football reporters, storytellers and analysts in the world. You can get 50% off an annual subscription, which is 30 quid for the year via theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. That's where you'll find all the stuff that Phil's written. Theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. Let's pick the heroes and villains of the last seven days then in this part of the show. Uh, first, the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. Loads of people on our shit list. Who's going to the top? Who are we starting with? Mike Dean, VAR, referees. I'm even going to chuck the referee last night into this because he seemed to just refuse to book any Fulham players. Even after there was that one where... Creswell got kicked and barged at the same at the same time. He didn't seem to um, to give anything, but that was probably the the lesser of the offences, given the um, the ridiculous Dan James penalty decision that went against us. Mm. And we're still not forgotten about Pascal. That was also unfair. So we're just chucking all refs into this as a whole thing. We're saying what Mike Dean VAR Pawson is he still in there? Yeah, last night's the, ref. Uh, who was it? By the it way, it was Tim Robinson, right? Who's uh, like a poor imitation of Jim Robinson from Neighbours. So he's even bad at, at that. One letter wrong. And we do throw this open to our TSB Plus subscribers as well on the feedback form on the match ball. We also take their uh, hero and villain nominations and Graham, uh, Michael, Matthew, Matt, Dave, Aidan, Andrew, Katie, Kit, Pete, Jelly, Mike, also <laughs> loads and loads of nominations for referees. It's not been uh, a great week we for really, the refereeing industry. We really have turned into Liverpool. <laughs> well, while we are, just to go back to Craig Parson, his explanation or non-explanation for things... I found particularly annoying. Cir- when, circling the wagons. In the Pascal yeah. Stroik thing, he just didn't explain the whole process, did he? That he didn't give a free kick and then decided to send him off. I feel like he, someone should really have, have just asked him the question. It was like... Can't ask him about that. It was like you? Laura Koonsberg was, was there herself, just yeah, going, where? I'm going to nod along with what you've said. Brilliant. You, Brilliant. Can't, you can't speak to a ref. Can't ask him. You can't. Well, you, can if you, you can if you're Jürgen Klopp. It's the, it's the Neil Warnock um, complaint, isn't it? Can't ask him anything, yeah. We want to find out what they're, they're, they're talking about. We can't imagine ooh, Klopp, and, Klopp and Warnock together discussing referees. I know um, they had uh, Klopp doing that video with the Liverpool fan where they were discussing the homophobic chanting and how that had to stop. So why don't they just get in with Neil Warnock and sort out refereeing? That's a 10-minute heartwarming, heartwarming video. And you see that there's actually just uh, 
there's a piece of paper between those two. Uh, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher were nominated by uh, Sazi and Adsham. Uh, Adsham in particular picked out Carragher for coming dressed as Top Gun. Does he mean Maverick? I didn't see this. I mean, I was I was there, so I didn't I didn't witness the sky coverage. He was wearing a bomber jacket, I think, from memory. He came dressed as Biggles, then did he? <laughs> yes, um, with a flapping a, scarf and some goggles. Biggles is a, so I used to read loads of Biggles books when I was a kid, and the only one that I've uh, retained into adulthood is called Biggles Takes It Rough. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Junior Furpo got some nominations. Craig, Paul, Nigel. Uh, Nigel, in particular, picking out that miss. We know the one we mean. Uh, Rafinha's miss. Yes, yeah. Rafinha's miss in Newcastle. Um, yes. St. Maximan got a number of nominations from loads of people just for his uh, his ability to run at us and terrify us, which I think is fair enough. Should we buy him? Uh, with what? Well, he won't be expensive. Well, I think he will. We're in the Premier League now, and I, they're going to Yeah, but it's Newcastle. 40 million, aren't they? He'll just want to get out. Possibly. Um, well, let's let's see what, what the summer brings. Shall let's we? not buy him. So we won't tell Mike Ashley, and he can just start playing for us. Hey, while while we're while we're criticising Newcastle, um, perpetual worry nominated Steve Bruce. Uh, sinking feelings, cousin perpetual. Yeah, worry. I'm, I'm not giving his full title. Oh, it's right. too long. Uh, somehow represents a, a retired boxer, a type two diabetes patient, and Mr. Potato Head all at once. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed a lot. And it would be great to see Steve Bruce's reaction if he's just watching Sky one afternoon while Graham Jones is working out the match plans and the Leeds game's on. And St. Maximum's up front for us. What's he doing? As much as we're all chuckling along to you, Moscow, you've been nominated as well. Jim and Ralph in particular were disgusted by your defence of Tyler Roberts. Ralph, yes. Ralph picking out the fact that you said that we have the Newcastle game one after 18 minutes. I'll take that one. I'm not going to take it for uh, liking a Leeds United player. <laughs> as crimes go, that's far from my worst. Deserve- Fuck the haters or whatever it was. Um- Radrazani said. I don't think it was fucked. It wasn't it, it wasn't that. No. I, I can't remember what he said. Something about haters. A niche complaint from Philip, Liam Cooper's arms. <laughs> he and they worry me a lot. Not a villain, but Stuart Dallas looks undercooked this season. His interview after the Liverpool match, he looks shaken. I hope he's okay. He always well, looks like that, Stuart Dallas. Yeah, I mean, don't forget he's had like they've had personal stuff going on as well that made him withdraw from the Northern Ireland squad. So if he is shaken, there's possibly a, a good reason. But even for when it, he's but... happy, I mean when if you remember when they gave him the goal of the season award and he looked like he was gonna cry because he didn't deserve it. Like he's he uh, he doesn't take happiness well. Do Liam Cooper's arms worry you? I think this is down to, um, in particular, that moment when Sir Maximum got away in the second half when it was the ball went backwards off Luke Ayling's head, and because Liam Cooper was expecting him to be heading it forward, he was just giving Maximum a little tickle, mm. and that was the real Liam Cooper's arms moment because then suddenly Maximum's off after the ball and he's left tickling. Yeah. Is yeah. this the one where it turned out Sir Maximan can do forward rolls faster than Liam Cooper can run? Because <laughs> there was a bit where he was just he was just tumbling across the pitch and still going like about thirty miles an hour. It was, that was very the, confusing. That was the first half, and it was one of um, those moments that I quietly filed away as humorous. You'll turn that into a gif one day, won't you? Yeah, it was because the camera pans left to discover Liam Cooper rolling to the right he just comes into shot and he's on the floor like rolling over for no reason and some maximum's off so the camera <laughs> keeps going from right to left and as it goes across you see liam cooper just flying a- across the ground in one direction and then the camera keeps panning and then you see some maximum's after the ball in the other one you're like what on earth is happening here but it was great liam cooper you know we, we discussed in the, the newcastle conversations that 
he did better against Sim Maximum in the second half. There was that one really great tackle. And even when he was um, left floundering, he was still kind of funny. So I don't feel like I can really bring villainy. Maybe um, Philip, who has put this nomination forward, maybe he's one of those foot perverts, you know, like a foot fetishist. And that's why he hates Liam Cooper's arms. <laughs> he's given himself away there, hasn't he? Do, do foot fetishists hate hands and arms? I don't know. I'm not one. Don't ask me. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Well, if you are a foot fetishist and you want to get in touch with Dan and explain how you feel about hands and arms. Message be... us rather than Emma Jones, which is what <laughs> which is what people mainly seem to do. People need to stop doing that. It's making me deeply uncomfortable. Do people realise that when they post that stuff like on Twitter, that everybody can read it? I do wonder. <laughs> it does sometimes seem like thoughts have escaped from people's heads and onto a, a keyboard, doesn't it? Anyway. Um, Rob Price gets nominated. Dan and Katie both nominated uh, Rob Price for... Well, asking him, what's he playing at these days? We know about his his history as the Beast and Butcher, assembling players from the, the broken and stripped down parts of others. Where is it now? Why isn't he built as a new uh, a new centre back? I mean, the new the remake of Robocop was on the telly last night. What's Rob Price up to? I mean, maybe is he build is he building a, a crime fighting droid or is he building as a centre back? What is he up to? Maybe Cresswell is the end result of this because we were all surprised. By how big he came back from pre to pre season. That we torso were, is not his. He's just a brain. We all, he's, a, he's a brainstem and some lungs under that, isn't he? We were all quite surprised by how good he was yesterday. And don't forget the uh, the effort that has gone into Adam Forshaw over the last two years. It's a wonder that Rob Price has had time to treat anybody else to uh, to get him back into condition. So he has been busy. And uh, one of the outside runners and riders in this is uh, Ronaldo, the the one over at Salford. Ryan, who's in Oz, wants to nominate him for not being the flop we'd all hoped that he'd be. It's, it's too early to declare him not a flop, mm. I think. If at the end of the season they've finished third, you've got to think, well, what, what was the point? And, and it's costing them like half a million quid a week. That's that's the important factor yeah. here. And they're all tap-ins as well. Like You don't need to pay somebody half a million pounds a week to score from three yards. And the one against West Ham, he missed the first one anyway, didn't he? He put in the rebound. So... You save the money, get Danny Webber. <laughs> I had to think who Danny Webber was then. It took me a League minute. United legend, that's who yeah, he is. Yeah, I know, I realised, yeah. He was f- forefront of my mind when that conversation was going and on. And another uh, scum player who left and said, can bring him back in similar style, see how many shirts they sell. Danny Pugh, get Danny Pugh back. Have we got any more nominations or should we pick one from those, that field? I, I feel we need to mention League United's very swiftly aborted social media campaign of, of trying to... All leads out. We meet Dali, Natan to Rudy and Sings, and it was gone within about half an hour because everyone went, This guy's a Man United fan. She's a Leicester fan. Yeah. Why have you done this? We do want to celebrate diversity amongst the Leeds United fan base by not, but not by celebrating the diversity of having other teams' fans. <laughs> that's, that's taking it a bit, that's sort of misunderstanding the assignment. Yeah. I think. The, the frightening, slightly worrying subtext is get me some Asian people. They'll do. And I, it's like, Come on, we can do better than that. Yeah, it seems to have been an, an Adidas run thing. Suddenly they had the, uh, they were, they're named in it and it's hashtag created with Adidas. But yeah, it's created possibly... with scum bastards is what it should, it should have said. Yeah, just is that, is that what they're, is that what they're saying about Daniel James's baby? Is that what <laughs> I suppose? He, yeah. Does it make a difference that that, that, I mean, it's obviously been, has been born now as a Leeds player's son, mm. but conceived as a Man United player's. I don't know. I don't know. Where it, I don't know where it puts it. Uh, there's a, an existential crisis looming here, isn't there? I mean, are you going to have to tell the kid when it gets older? By the way, 
something to tell you about like a big family secret yeah, yeah. You, when you were conceived um i was i wasn't man united sorry sorry i had to find out this way but i just thought i'd tell you before you read it on the internet oh poor poor lad let's hope better days lie ahead who's your uh who's your villain of the week i personally give it to var refs mike dean parson it's the popular choice isn't it yeah okay fine it feels, yeah. it feels nice and old-fashioned to just blame a ref as well but but also, don't we do it enough I think um, we may have touched on this earlier. We don't. We haven't been able to make enough of it. The way that the Dan James one just got brushed under the carpet against Newcastle, we're like, oh, here's a replay. Yeah, that should have been a penalty. It's like, well, where's our three days of crying about it? So this this is our three days of crying about it. Here we are. <laughs> Here is nearly a week later, still bitching and moaning about it. Good. Right, let's pick a Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week uh, for this award. Nominations, please. Dan James, I suppose. Did quite well, didn't he? Played the game after all that, and um, I suppose he's—I suppose he's what is—is his wife or his partner? I don't know. She deserves some credit, I suppose. Does is he not getting? Oh, it's for the baby. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was just for going in a helicopter because that's really cool. I think I think the whole thing combined. Because I was imagining if it was heroism vis-a-vis the chopper, then he must have ridden from Manchester, sort of with the door open, with his feet on the rail mm. like looking really hard maybe tighter. like he's in vietnam or something if he was um dressed smartly at the hospital if he got his tie and put it up around his yeah forehead like it was a, a bandana yeah if he'd, if he'd done that all the way down to fulham i do i do like screaming to, i do like to imagine that somebody said to him get to the chopper at this point that would have been nice um yeah well done dan james for what has been a productive and exciting week efl I mean, again, I feel like Rhea's production is the uh, thing. I mean, he didn't even get an assist, did he? I suppose he got an assist for that. I, I, th- I, would, suge- <laughs> I would suggest he was heavily involved. You'd hope so anyway, wouldn't you? Anyway, EFL, they're getting a nomination for uh, bringing justice to bear, finally, on Derby. I mean, they have taken their time, haven't they? I think I think partly Derby have just got tired and have themselves run out of money to bother maintaining this complete charade that they've been doing. They've like... Yeah, okay. Game's up. We'll um we'll take what's coming. But the counter argument to this is what is justice delayed is justice denied, and that's how Wickham feel about it. So EFL, you've stitched up Wickham. Not good enough. Be better. And it has given Derby fans all sorts of wriggle room where they can say, Oh, you know, it was ages ago, why are you still going on about it? You should have you know, if it was a problem then why are you going on about it now? So and also there's nothing in place to stop this from ever happening again, is there? They'll just keep you know, teams will just keep doing this. Look at the state of Reading. Um, the state of half the teams in the competition. By the time teams get punished, it's too late, isn't it? Essentially, that's the the point at which you realise the shit has hit the fan. It's like, yeah, points deductions are kicking in. You're getting relegated. There's no money left to continue propping these teams up, and then it's before you know it, you're it's like trying to herd out of business. Trying to herd cats, isn't it? You managed to get a few of them inside the pen, but before you know, three of them have escaped over there, and they're spending money and misbehaving. And you look at the quality of people who Mel Morris claimed to have been talking to publicly are the kind of people who think they can buy a championship club and it's, that has been created by the way the championship has been run by the EFL. Why are they nominated for heroes when they, Sean Harvey their from- entire competition <laughs> is just based on the idea that any chancer can come along and pick up a club and get waved through, ruin it, and then they'll go, oh, we'll deduct you some points for that. Yeah, actually, so despite initial... Uh, despite what we said before, they're dickheads and we don't like them, so forget them. Right, let's talk about some Leeds ones because we've had lots of positive Leeds nominations. Rodrigo, by weight of nomination, got loads here. Craig, Rich, Jim, 
uh, Michael, Nathan, uh, Aidan, Johnny, Kit, and so on and so forth. Big old list of people saying, well done to Rodrigo just for what's been a far better week than we saw in the early weeks of the season. He's got a lovely face as well, hasn't he? Mm. I notice this sometimes when he... um when something happens, there's that famous gif of his goal being allowed by VAR and then he, he does the uh, thing. But there's quite often you'll see a, a close-up of him after missing a shot or something. He's kind of he's like, he seems quite happy to be in his work and life and um, nice to be around. And there's a lovely clip of him from last season when he did a Zoom call with a school and they cheer and they show him sitting in front of the laptop in Thorpe Arch going... Yay! Cheering along with them. And it's so much better because quite often you see a player in that situation going like, I don't know what to do with these kids. And then Adam Forshaw telling them to get take cold showers in the morning. <laughs> and he was the one who said, Jackie, just talk to your partners about Jackie it. Harrison, and he's like, yeah. oh no, you're, you're 11. So if, you, if you're ever feeling down, then you can talk to your partners um, or your mum. Just go to the pub and get leathered. So I'd do, kids. <laughs> but Rodrigo was really entering into the spirit of it with his little, yay. So... And that, he, he sort of brings that to the pitch. He's quite, he doesn't feel... He's just nice, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's never far away. From he's like thing. a little, he's like a teddy bear. And a good footballer, we've now seen. And that was the thing about um, the Newcastle performance, which he's really getting all his nominations for, was how much of it was. We seem to have got to the line of like, he'll never be able to do this job of playing as a 10 behind Bamford. It's just not something you can do. And then that's exactly where he did all his brilliant work against Newcastle and... Um, one of the underrated moments was was that wonderful pass from wing to wing at one point, which is the vision, execution, skill, exactly what you want. However, if he doesn't do it again against West Ham, he can just fuck off back to Valencia, <laughs> can't he? Uh, other nominations, right? Jack and Steve nominated Mateus Click, uh, Graham and a bunch of other people nominated Melier for the penalty save and the death stare towards the Fulham end. Rafinha got a nomination for being brilliant for such a cheap price. No, he missed a glaring chance though, didn't he? Mm. Mm. And he, and he Moscow is, is holding him to account for that chance more than he has t- anything in Tyler Roberts' entire league career. Tyler, I, Tyler Roberts is here as well, Mr. M. White. Is that, oh, it's you. I expect more from Rafinha. Also, dodgy hip. <laughs> so you, 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 he's a villain because of a bad hip. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Don't know what that means for Adam Forshaw going forward, but there you go. Well, Adam Forshaw's better now, so... He's not perpetually injured the way that uh, Rafinha is. Whoever picked, not been fit this week, has he? Whoever picked Pascal Strauch and Strauch himself for uh, the Liverpool under-23s thing, I thought that was uh, an excellent bit of low-level trolling by both the person who picked him, Mark Jackson, presumably, with the assistance of Bielsa, and Strauch himself for scoring. Some great stuff as well with Strauch because he was playing in... Um, he was in midfield, but he wasn't doing the Calvin Phillips job. He was matches click for that game and then went <laughs> left back in the second half. So it's really just taking... Versatility the piss. to extremes. <laughs> yeah, taking the piss out of him specifically, but um, rising to all the challenges. It's a really good header that he scored against them. Harvey Elliott did actually get a nomination for just seeming like a decent bloke about everything that has gone on yeah, as well. Yeah, so let's ask Harry Kane. Norwich get a nomination. Tom nominated Norwich for ensuring that we only have to concentrate on being better than two other teams this year. Feels like a little bit like a... Yeah, there's a certain amount of reassurance in it though, isn't it? It's a bit yeah. like Sheffield United earlier last season. You were like, okay, they're going down. So mm. that's good. That's one less thing to, to worry about. We don't have to finish bottom at least. So yeah, that, that's been good for him. Uh, another little, uh, I said a little outsider here, Kelly Cates, host on Sky Sports, who ensured that Liam Cooper was stood behind the line doing the post-Newcastle interviews. Yeah. Um, so go, go back over there, at which point he probably handed the microphone back to yes. uh, Gary... Gary Neville shook all their hands, they had a little kiss and a cuddle and uh, and everyone went home happy. 
But never mind. It was the effort. It was the thought that counted, wasn't it? it this is going to be Melier, isn't it, surely? Are we giving it to Melier this week? Oh, oh Rodrigo. Rodrigo's mm. got more nominations. Yeah, but that was on the weight of Newcastle, wasn't it? Whereas I think Melier was excellent at Newcastle and then he saved penalty. Uh, I, I guess we didn't ask for feedback for Fulham, did we? So no. that has skewed it a little bit. Well, I feel like Melier's won this before several times, whereas Rodrigo just gets a load of hassle, doesn't he? And he took his penalty well last night as well. Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. I was. Um, he took it first as well, didn't he? So he didn't, he didn't take it. Move. He didn't take it that well. Actually, it nearly got saved. If you remember, no, it was, it was pure power that Rodan that... got like most of a hand on it, but he, he kind of bounced it back under himself. No, but you always say hit it dead hard. He hit it dead hard. It went in. What mod do you want from him? And I'll tell you why Melier can't. Uh, <laughs> Melier can't win because he didn't take a penalty. That was one thing I was hoping for. If yeah, it was, I was really, if it had got that far, I was wondering I would, would it be love, Shackleton first or was it Melier? I would love to see. Melier take a penalty and so him <laughs> not asserting himself like Adam stay back although then the other side of this is how audible Melier was last night during the game because there was a lot of Kibar just in which we were used to when it's behind closed doors maybe it's an indication of how quiet Craven Cottage was where you could hear an awful um, lot of him I think and it, there was more dialogue that he said something else that wasn't just Kibar but then we also heard how often he said it because, like, the ball's on halfway, we're trying to build an attack, and he's like, "Keep on!" So that was all good. So I, I liked hearing him, but I feel like um, if Melier does take a penalty, how is he taking it? Probably with his feet. I think as a starting point. I think it's a Penenka. Like countdown. Check my answer. <laughs> Penenka. I've written down. Is that what you put? Yep, <laughs> that's exactly what I've put because that is how he would do it. Because he's that he's that much of a cool bastard. <laughs> He would think nothing of it. Just humiliating another goalkeeper. So we're giving it to Rodrigo. And you can't disprove it now either because it didn't happen. So absolutely fine. Yeah, so Rodrigo's the the hero of the week then. Yes. Congratulations to Rodrigo. Yeah, it's been, it's been a good week and fingers crossed he gets to repeat it against West Ham with a match-winning performance. That wraps it up for this one, doesn't it? We'll be back. Let me have a think. And so we've got the Nigel Martin interview to come on the Extra Ball and you'll catch us with the live stream if you're a TSB Plus subscriber after West Ham and that'll be live for everybody else not long after that thanks for listening to this one we'll see you soon the square ball podcast planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.